You're listening to the People's Podcast. Hope is not a goddamn strategy. This is JSC Radio. If Cleveland comes out of the East, I want to destroy Cleveland. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But I also know that there are steps to get to that point. And if and when we get to that point, I want to annihilate them. Hurry drives. I want to annihilate them. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! I want to annihilate them. Three in four years. And the latest with a sweep. Now on the switch, Draymond Green looking to post him up. Quickly out to Durant. Durant off the dribble. Gets past Thompson. Left hand and nice switch. During the course of this season. Pass deflected by Green. Curry and Durant. Curry throws it up. Durant throws it down. Curry, triple teamed out to Green. Good ball swinging here. Clay Thompson gets a good open look and hits the three-pointer. To Thompson, bumped. Bumped again, lost the ball. Three-on-one break. Curry to Durant for the slam. Three-pointer won't go. Durant the rebound. Still plenty of time. No fouls to give for Cleveland. Ahead to Curry. Curry sets, fires, puts it up. Bang! Steph Curry from way downtown. And the first half comes to an end in dramatic fashion. Durant up top, Draymond Green. Good look for three. Puts it in. Draymond Green from downtown. Two on the shot clock. James has it deflected. Another steal. Curry ahead to Draymond Green. In for the slam. Timeout Cleveland. What a start for the Warriors. Curry finds some room. Gets off the three. Got it. Curry. It's a three. Steph Curry from way downtown. Steph Curry the rebound, helping out. Curry again. Puts it in. Steph Curry drills another three. Curry answers right back. Curry back in the corner. Nice little fake. Sets up another. Got it again. Steph Curry back to back three. Winding down. Curry's going to have to put it up. Launches it up. Shot clock. Oh, he knocks it down. Steph Curry handling. Recognized the clock is dwindling down. It actually looked beautiful in the air. My goodness, mama, there goes that man. I want to annihilate them. James inside the hill, deflected by Draymond Green, who releases the other way and throws it down. He had it in his mind. He was coming off the path. Durant to handle the crossover, the pull-up. Shot's good. Durant's shot is good. A three-pointer for Kevin Durant. Durant fires a three. Knocks it down. Kevin Durant with eight-tenths of a second remaining. Draymond Green has one man to beat. Throws it back to Durant. Steps into a three and knocks it down. Kevin Durant with 27. And it's a two-point game. That's not a good shot. That's not the game you want to play against the Warriors. Draymond Green down the other end. Lays it in as Durant threw it ahead. Duran Lou needs a timeout. The game is tied. But that's the luxury for the Warriors stars. They don't have to always play great. Durant gets the bounce. 13th rebound to go along with the 32 points. Draymond Green rolls and gets the dunk as Durant gets his fourth assist. Waiting for some space, rises and scores. Kevin Durant torching the Cavaliers. He's got 34. He's 6 of 8 from the field. Four rebounds as a blocked shot. Durant rises and connects. He has been scalding tonight. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. That's the
the same spot oh, yeah. in game three last year. Durant gets past James, throws it out in the corner. Draymond Green has plenty of time. Three straight threes for the Golden State Warriors. Play inside the arc. It's been tough thus far. James misses the layup, and Durant wide open down the other end. The quick pass ahead. Durant cuts inside. Gorgeous pass there from Draymond Green. And it's back up to 11. Curry fires away and hits Steph Curry from way downtown with five seconds remaining. Steph Curry gets free. Two-point shot for Curry. He's got 22, and this is the largest lead of the night. Durant has the mismatch with Hill. Shot clock at eight. Now Smith picks him up on the switch. Durant finds some room, drills it. Kevin Durant with 14. Durant on the catch, gets in the paint, kicks it out. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson with his second field goal, and the lead is 17. Curry trying to draw the foul. Still gets it to go! Steph Curry off the turnover. Curry sets, fires, three-pointer. That's good. Steph Curry from downtown. Curry fakes, drives on Hill. Scoop layup. It's good. Steph Curry, 14 points here in the first half. Curry way outside. Puts it in. Steph Curry, his third three-pointer. He's got 17. Curry drives, gets inside. Layup, banks it home. Steph Curry with 25 points in 28 minutes. Curry guarded by Nance. Looking for an opening on the floor. Curry fires a three and knocks it down. Nance giving him an extra possession. Curry way outside. Steph Curry from downtown. If Cleveland comes out of the East, I want to destroy Cleveland. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But I also know that there are steps to get to that point. And if and when we get to that point, I want to annihilate them. needed five games to win their title this year a clean sweep and again the first sweep in the NBA finals since 2007 the shot clock is turned off Calderon will throw it up and now they'll dribble it out final seconds here of this 2018 NBA season there's the buzzer there's a new dynasty in the NBA the Golden State Warriors champions once again, back-to-back -back titles, three in four years, and the latest with a sweep. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith. And this is the 79th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome once again, my friends, to the podcast that never fing ends. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and I'm back at you. 79th time, episode 79 of the people's podcast and i want to thank y'all once again as always for supporting every single damn thing i do shouts out of course go to the nba on espn slash abc that's the great voice of mike breen along with jeff van gundy and mark jackson also want to shout out the homie woods back in detroit for the beat there of course to my man doc illingsworth who will handle the music going forward in this show want to check out the show i want to thank you for listening whether you're on apple Podcasts, itunes 
Whether you're on SoundCloud or Stitcher, on Google Play or the TuneIn app, on Audioboom or iHeartRadio or Spotify, thank you. Damn it, thank you for listening to this mother. I'll tell you that much. Be sure to support the website, jscottsmith.com. I'm going to be updating it soon. I got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a very hectic and very crazy last couple of months, so I've fallen a little behind, and those are my apologies. But damn it, I will be back at your ass once again. Want to shout out rvntv.tv, jsctv, J. Scott Confidential, every Saturday afternoon on rvntv.tv. You can follow me on the Twitter machine, at jscottsmith. That's J-A-Y-S-C-O. Two T's, S-M-I-T-H, J. Scott Smith. You can also follow this show, if you're not already, at JSC Radio. You heard the very lengthy intro. Hey, I'm doing these shows once every 10 days to two weeks for right now. So we play a little catch up here. So I'm going to give you all a little bit extra on the intros. It's a yearly tradition for the third straight year on this podcast because it did 16 and then last year and then this year wasn't there for 15 but for the third straight year on this podcast i give y'all something special at the end of the nba finals and i figured since the finals didn't last that long why would i sit here and chop it up and make it short i just gave y'all in about five minutes what the nba finals was over four games i told you told you last episode as soon as jr smith forgot what the hell the score was you get the feeling J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. That turned this series from potentially six games into very likely a sweep. And that's what the hell it was. The Warriors repeat as champions. And now, as, as you heard Mike Breen there at the end of the intro and at the end of game four last Friday night, this is the new dynasty in the NBA. It is. This is the new dynasty. This is the new reality. And all you, all, all you little blog boys who were raised with participation ribbons and trophies who seem to think that winning is unfair and this ain't right and it's ruining the NBA and it's ruining the league and there's not enough competitive balance, I'm going to need you to sit and spin. There is no competitive balance. There never has been. I've, I've laid this out so many times. Teams like the Warriors are once a generation in terms of their makeup, in terms of how they play, in terms of their influence on the league. They are this generation's bulls. They are this generation's Showtime Lakers. That's what the hell they are. They are a transformative franchise. They're not ruining the league. It's evolution. Evolution is a mystery. And we haven't really figured it out. But in the NBA, especially in 2018, it's the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors have won three out of the last four titles. Gone back to back. They successfully defended the world title this year. They came close. They were in trouble against the Houston Rockets. Down 3-2 in the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul got hurt. And as I said in the last episode... They would have beaten Houston regardless if Paul had been there or not because Chris Paul would have found a way to come up short in those last two games. Houston was not going to win that series in Oakland and they spent too much of game seven with their hands wrapped around their throats to do anything about that. But for a hot second, it looked like the Warriors might be in trouble and then they weren't. And then JR 
basically just torpedoes the fifth best scoring night in the history of the finals by forgetting what the hell the damn score was. And then the Warriors go into overtime, win that thing 17-7 and never really look back. Cleveland had some moments in the series. They had a couple of moments in game two, but Steph goes off and ties. Actually, I think he broke the NBA record or he tied the NBA record with Ray Allen, the finals record for most triples in a finals game. Cleveland had a decent little lead in game three, and then the third quarter happened. And then Kevin Durant happened after that. Kevin Durant way outside, delivers! And how about that? KD, back-to-back years in clutch situations in game three in Cleveland, drops a long-distance dagger into the hearts of the mistake by the lake. Except this time, that one, the second one, was actually about five or six feet further back, and he stuck it and put Cleveland to sleep effectively. Golden State won the world title in six games in 2015, five games last year, four this year. We're done here with you, Cleveland. 2016 is officially a fluke. That 3-1 comeback is officially the fluke. It was the anomaly. It was not the real deal. It took every bit of luck and every bit of just weird, wacky shit going down for Cleveland to win the NBA title two years ago. And they really only have themselves to blame for going 1-8 and eight the next two years in the NBA Finals. Think about the butterfly effect that that NBA Finals loss had on the entire league. Think about it. I mean, the Warriors go on the six-game win streak to win, or should I say defend, last year's title. But it doesn't get there if they don't lose in 2016. Because they've said it openly. Had they completed the mystical, magical 73-9 and season, rolled through the playoffs, and won that NBA title, won that title in either the fifth game, the sixth game, or the seventh game, they would not have signed Kevin Durant. And I don't know if Durant would have stayed in Oklahoma City, like a lot of you blog bitch boys would have liked him to do, I don't know if he would have gone to Boston. I don't know if he would have gone to the Lakers. I don't know if he would have gone to the to, to gone back home and played for the Wizards. I don't know if he'd have gone to Miami. Hell, he might have gone to Cleveland. Wouldn't that have been something? But no. They lose that game. They lose that series. And then they spend the next year with the Cavaliers and their equally gross fans, and I put fans in quote marks, rubbing the Warriors' faces in that loss. And basically, the Warriors have, have turned the Cavaliers into the Clippers. Because those of you who follow the NBA know what the Cavaliers and the Clippers now have in common. Whenever the Warriors see them, they basically say it's lunchtime. It, it's not even a fair fight. And that's with super freaky grown-ass LeBron James. Six straight wins after going down 3-2 against the Rockets. The last two games against the Rockets legitimately weren't even close. Game six was a blowout. Blew them away. Destroyed them. Game seven, the Rockets jumped out to that big-ass lead, but you knew. You knew it was coming. You knew that train was coming. Choo-choo, motherfucker. You knew it was coming. They end up going into the finals. They have the wild, wacky first game, then basically blaze through the final three. That fourth game was an afterthought. The Warriors were getting the sweep this time. Last year, they didn't get the sweep because they needed an otherworldly, historic first half from the Cavaliers 
to avoid getting swept, only to go to Oakland and get knocked out. This time, the Warriors complete the sweep, complete the deal. Third title in four years. Dunzo. They did what the Spurs could never do. The Spurs could never repeat as champs. Of all the things that the Spurs did, they could never repeat as champs. So they would go two out of three. They would win champion. They would never repeat. It was weird. The Warriors did that. They repeated as champs. Three out of four. Should be four out of four. Or it could have been just two and that's it. I'll get into the Durant thing because apparently that's like what I have to do when I do these Warrior shows. But Curry and Durant, before I go into the aftermath of this thing, Kevin Durant was the MVP. For the second straight year, he's NBA Finals MVP. And it's hard to argue. He was magnificent, especially the last two games in Cleveland. He goes for 43 and the kill shot in game three, drops a triple-double in the closeout game. But how about a little love, Steph Curry? This was the first NBA Finals series that he truly put it all together. And yes, I'm even going to factor in that bad game three that he had, where for the first 46 minutes of game three, he made one shot. And then magically, he gets a layup late and then hits a killer three that set up Durant's kill shot to put the game away. Sent the Warriors off on that final closeout run to end the ball game. And then he goes out and scores 37 for good measure in the closeout game. I was, and anybody who follows me on Twitter, again, J. Scott Smith, I am verified, original. I will tell you that I had assumed Curry was going to win that MVP. I tweeted it out. I was bold about it. It's like, Curry's got to win the MVP, right? Apparently, I was wrong. Durant got it. Second straight finals MVP. But a compelling case can be made that Steph Curry should have been finals MVP. Because he was undeniably, save for game three, he was undeniably the best player on the floor. Save for game three for the Warriors anyway. LeBron was the best player on the floor in game one. But games two, three, and four, that was Steph Curry and Kevin Durant one and two. I'll talk about LeBron's hand in a second. I wrote about that for thegrio.com. But Curry and Durant were one and two. Then LeBron is there at three, throwing absurd alley-oop dunks to himself off the glass in the third game when Cleveland got up big early before getting choked out down the stretch. The Warriors are just this team that is just so damn frightening because they come at you from so many different directions. And it's a damn shame we live in such a whiny little punk-ass generation now where people think winning is unfair. And they're too busy whining and pissing and moaning about a guy joining a team that quote-unquote beat him. You know Dennis Rodman and John Sally won championships with the Chicago Bulls. Sally won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers. Those guys beat the Pistons. It happens. Get over it. It's free agency. That's the second half of this show. But looking at this series and looking back at it, I said it last episode. There's so little margin for error against a team like Golden State because they're a team the likes we haven't seen in 20 years. Today, as I record, this is the 20th anniversary of Michael Jordan ending the 1998 NBA Finals with the jumper in Utah, finishing off his sixth NBA championship with his sixth, sixth Finals MVP. And then he retired. Now, we don't like to talk about the wizard thing, but yeah, 
His sixth. Sixth Finals MVP. The likes of a team like that have not really been seen since. The Spurs had their moments. The Lakers had their moments. And LeBron's had his moments. I'll get to him in a second here, though. But no team has had that kind of consistent dominance since the Bulls. And people were talking that silly, they're ruining the league bullshit back then, too. And they were silenced and shouted down because greatness is what this team is about. Greatness is what this team is. You don't go three out of four in the modern NBA without a lot of luck with a team you by and large drafted, save for Kevin Durant and David West and some of the role players like Nick Young and JaVale McGee. Nick Young and JaVale McGee with championship rings, by the way. Try that on. This team, I marvel at them. I look at them the way I looked at the Showtime Lakers. But people have their panties in such a bunch because this team is so good. Whatever happened to just game-respecting game? They're that damn good. It's not their fault. It's not their concern to look out for the rest of the league. You didn't have a problem when the Lakers and Celtics owned the league. You weren't whining about competitive balance when the Lakers and Celtics ran shit. If anything, you were pissing and moaning when teams like Detroit and Philly and Indiana and Seattle tried to bully their way in. Dallas, San Antonio. I I had to listen all the time in the mid-2000s, all the way up to a couple years ago about how boring the Spurs were. Why can't we have the Lakers and Celtics? The Spurs are so boring. The Pistons are so boring. But you want competitive balance, right? In a league of haves and have-nots, you want competitive balance. In a league that has had seven franchises win at least three titles in the last 30 years. Seven. Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Spurs, Warriors, Miami. Trying to make sure I don't forget one here. But those are the teams that have won at least three Bulls. How could I forget the Bulls won six? Those are the teams that have won at least three titles. The number jumps to eight when you toss the Rockets in there. Because they have two. Teams that have won at least two titles, you toss the Rockets into the conversation. You got those two in the mid-90s. You've had eight teams win a majority of the championships since 1980, which is kind of seen as the benchmark of where the modern NBA basically took off, was 1980, that first full season with Magic and Bird and the whole crew, when everything seemed to fall into place, the 79-80 season. Since then, seven teams have won at least three titles. Seven franchises have won at least three championships. Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Bulls, Spurs. There's your first five right there. You throw in Miami and Golden State in the last 10 years, 12 years. Miami didn't get their first in 2006, and then they got two earlier in the decade, and the Warriors just got three out of four. And I toss in the Rockets because they got two, so that's what you're staring at. But competitive balance, they're bad for the league. They're ruining the league. It's not fun. Shut up. Nothing's fun to half of you blog boy morons and you Johnny-come-latelys who don't understand the sport whining about about riding coattails. Do you even know what the hell that means, you dumb shit? It's not riding coattails when you're the guy driving the damn bus. For God's sake. 
And we got to talk about LeBron for a second, too. Look, man, in terms of actual playing ability, in terms of the actual game that the dude has, LeBron James is in that small group of players who's unparalleled. LeBron James is in that rarefied air with Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain and Magic Johnson and Bill Russell. He's in that, he's in that conversation. He is. And hell, if the, if the Cavaliers had managed to, I don't know, get that series to six games, you could have made an argument that you might, might have given him finals MVP. But all that talk goes out the window when you get swept. Jerry West won finals MVP, the first finals MVP, actually, in a losing effort when the Lakers went seven games with the Celtics. It took a seven-game series that they barely lost for that to happen. We can stop that. LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time. But sorry, blog boys and millennials, Jordan is better than he is. And yes, I am specifically saying it because of the championships. I know winning doesn't matter to you kiddies out there. It doesn't matter to you blog boys who want to make a point. It matters to the grown-ups and to the people who've seen things. Jordan better than LeBron. Just keep it real. And no, it's not just about the rings. Michael Jordan changed the entire damn league. He changed the way we look at it. He changed the way we thought about it. He took what happened in the 1980s and shot it into the stratosphere. Managed to do so while taking two years off. Sorry, y'all. He's number one. And you know it. But it's okay to acknowledge that LeBron James is an amazing game player. But dude... I can't call you the GOAT. I can't call you the greatest player of all time when you've lost six of the nine times you've made it to the NBA Finals and been on the business end of two of the five NBA Finals sweeps that we've seen in the last 35 years. In fact, the last two final sweeps, LeBron's been on the business end of them. Now, 2007, they shouldn't have been in the Finals in the first place. The Pistons fell on their face in the Conference Finals and accidentally allowed the Cavs in to get smashed by the Spurs. And this year, the Cavaliers were basically LeBron and a bunch of dudes on a rec league team going to the finals and getting destroyed by one of the three to four greatest collections of players the league has ever seen. But still, you can't be three and six in the NBA finals and calling yourself the GOAT. You can't. That's why Wilt Chamberlain doesn't get regarded as much as he should because dude lost so many times to Bill Russell and only got two championships and one of them came after Russell was out of the league. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not apologizing. LeBron James is a magnificent player, but he's 3-6 and six in the NBA Finals and arguably should be 1-8. and eight. The only final series that he really dominated, his team really dominated, was the first one that he got in 2012. They lost in, he lost in 2007, lost in 2011 to Dallas, beat Oklahoma City with the young Durant, young Westbrook, young Harden, and Ibaka on that team. And trust me, next segment... I'll, I'll look at that. I'll talk about that OKC team. They get the win the following year in the incredible series against the Spurs, then lose the next year. Then comes the foursome with the Warriors. Loss in 15, loss last year, loss this year, fluke in 2016. Even if you want to count 2016, that's two and seven because we all know that first Miami win over San Antonio, Ray Allen pulled them out of the fire. So let's pump the brakes on the Jordan thing because Jordan was a winner. 
LeBron's won a lot of individual accolades. He's owned the damn Eastern Conference for basically the whole lot of this decade. But he comes up short in the finals. And he's come up short in certain series. I see this stupid stat. Oh, in all the times in the NBA Finals, he's been the underdog every single time. Well, if he's the greatest player of all time, he's never the underdog. Period. Bulls were underdogs once in the final. And that was 1993. Where it was assumed that Phoenix was the team that was going to knock them off. And they end up going to Phoenix and winning the sixth game thanks to John Paxson hitting that late shot to beat him. But let's cut the bullshit and stop making it seem like LeBron James is just this ultimate underdog. He's not. He's Thanos. Except in this case, there was no Peter Quill to stop the Warriors from yanking the gauntlet off his hand. You should have seen the movie by now. It's been a month. LeBron is an amazing player. He's the best player of this damn generation. I'm not going to argue that, but he's not the best of all time. Best of all time, eight, three, and six in the finals. With that kind of talent, and he spent years around some of the best talent in the league, three and six don't cut it, dog. It doesn't. And now he enters free agency, and 90% chance his ass ain't going back to Cleveland. So what the hell's next for him? That'll be, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks between here and JSC TV. But needless to say, the Warriors don't give a shit. They're celebrating. You got Draymond trolling LeBron once again on t-shirts at the championship parade. You got the amazing scene of Jordan Bell who managed to finish off a fifth of Henny and was looking for a refill and found one in the crowd in Oakland. Look, man, I love the city of Detroit. That's home. I really dig Philly. It's cool. I got love for Chicago and New York and D.C. But damn it if Oakland ain't off the damn chain. I got a couple of really good friends from the, from the Bay, from the O. Love them to death. Y'all city is outstanding. Now I got to get out to Oakland. I got to the Bay at some point because the Bay is just too much damn fun. That series, for what it was, was okay. It was four games. Most four-game sweeps aren't exactly the most compelling or exciting things. I'll say that. But the Warriors proved a point. And we're likely not getting Cleveland-Golden State 5 next year. We might have Golden State standing there waiting to defend the title again. But who the hell's on the other side? Who knows? That could be legitimately dictated by wherever LeBron James goes. And if he goes to a Western Conference team, it's all hands on deck. It is up for grabs in the East next year. But coming up after this break, you knew I was going to talk about him. It's Kevin Durant. It's about damn time you simps let it go that he left Oklahoma City for Oakland. He won. He was right. And he's always been right. And he's trolling the shit out of you now. My name is J. Scott Smith, and this is the 79th episode of The People's Podcast. This is J.S.C. Radio. And we'll be back after this opportunity to get the ball back but they don't have defenders in curry tries out it and one curry off the glass and a chance for a three-point play check it out you're listening to the people's podcast this is j s c radio man do i love card night you ready boys you got a king? Go fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. 
That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. You're listening to the People's Podcast. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. This is JSC Radio. Thank you for being here to help me present the Bill Russell MVP trophy. And this year, the back-to-back NBA Finals MVP, Kevin Durant. six times in history has a player gone back-to-back MVP. And I know you take such incredible pride in your craft and the work you put into this. But how much of this is about more than just the winning and the titles and these individual accolades for you? Oh, this is about the journey. You know, all season, man, getting up every day, going to work with these guys is, you know, it's amazing. The, the environment is, is incredible. It's, it's good for you to be around guys like this. It helps you become a better basketball player and a better man. And, this is a journey that's better than a destination. You know, I'm happy I'm a part of this group. You have had to go through a man you have professed incredible respect for and has been a great champion in his own right, LeBron James. So can you give us some sense of two great players going at it head-to-head in this particular kind of environment? Uh, it's fun. It's fun as, uh, you know, the competition. Um, you, when you play against one of the best, it brings the best out of you as well. It brought the best out of our team. and I'm just grateful we got back-to-back championships and looking forward to going celebrate in the locker room right now, actually. Go do it. Thank you, Kevin. This is the 79th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. What's going on? J. Scott Smith here. Want to thank you one more time for supporting the show on all of your favorite podcast providers, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or SoundCloud, or Stitcher, Google Play, or TuneIn, Audioboom, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever else you're squeezing JSC Radio from. Thank you. Damn it, thank you. Be sure to support the mothership, jscottsmith.com. Be sure to check out JSC TV on rvntv.tv, streaming live every Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, actually, 12 noon. Be sure to check that out. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at jscottsmith, J-A-Y-S-C-O, two T's, S-M-I-T-H. That's also my name on Instagram. I am real jscottsmith on Facebook. Original. 
And the show is on Twitter at JSC Radio. So as you heard coming in from the break, oh, and by the way, before I even get into that, let me cut myself off for a second. Before I even go into that, I also want to thank my man Doc Illingsworth, whose music you were hearing underneath you as we came in out of the break, as we headed into the break. Be sure to show love to Doc Illingsworth at Illingsworks.com. You can also follow that man on Twitter at Illingsworth. That's I-L-L-I-N-G-S Worth. He's also on Twitch TV, so be sure to check him out and follow him on Twitch. He's playing all kinds of video games, and I haven't had a chance to check him out in a minute, but I've seen the streams, and you need to see the streams too. He does dope music. He did a track for Fonte's new album. What else can I say? The boy is out of control, so support my man Doc Illingsworth and the entire Detroit City family. Big up to Rufio Jones and his YouTube show, Allow Me. And I probably will have to check in on that show when I'm back in the Motor City in August for the NABJ convention. And yes, JSC Radio will be doing a show from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, during NABJ. But as you heard there, as we come back out of the break, that's Kevin Durant accepting the 2018 NBA Finals MVP award. Not to be confused with when he accepted the 2017 NBA Finals MVP award. Now, as I mentioned in the first segment, it's a debate that could be had that Steph Curry probably should have won it. In the three championships that he's won, he's never been finals MVP. Iguodala won it in 2015. Durant got it last year and this year. And had they finished it off in 2016, there's a pretty good chance Draymond Green would have been the finals MVP of that series. But Steph played magnificently. But Kevin Durant had the biggest of the games, game three, the game that effectively iced the series. And then he drops a triple-double in a closeout game. I mean, it's kind of hard to say no to that. You're not really losing on either side of the ledger. But the group of people that are losing are the Kevin Durant haters. And I got to ask y'all a question. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Does it hurt? Does it bother you still? Are you still just so pained and so angry and so hurt and so offended that Kevin Durant, as a free agent decided to go where he wanted to go and where he wanted to go was with a winner. And it just so happened that that team beat him the year before. Well, I'm going to need you to get over it because it was the right move. It was the right move for him. It made him happy. Oh, and by the way, he won. He was right. But I've, I've made this pretty clear and I've gone off on this. Over the last couple of years, the first time I talked about this was the episode I did after Durant made the announcement he was signing in Golden State two years ago. And I thought it was a great move. I thought it was a brass move then. So I didn't have a problem with it. But so many of you had a problem with it to the point where everything he does triggers you blog boys, triggers you fake tough guys, triggers you fake athletes who are just so loyal. You'd have been loyal. Why didn't he just stick and stay and, and show some pride and be loyal? Just stick it out. He took the easy way out. Wasn't nothing easy about the route he took. He took the smart way out. And I've said it for the last year plus. You all would have done the same thing. You can jump bad and talk that he ruined the league and took the easy way out and riding coattails. That's the specific one that really bothers me. 
Riding coattails to a championship is what Tracy McGrady was doing in his last few days in the league. Riding coattails to a title is what some old washed guy who gets who was a superstar and a stud for a franchise suddenly gets shipped out at the end of his career and he starts being Mr. Journeyman at the end of a bench and doesn't play and gets himself a ring. He vultures himself a ring. For you to say Kevin Durant was riding coattails to a championship shows just how ignorant you are. It shows that you never actually have played a real sport and never been a real athlete. For you to look at what Kevin Durant has done since he got to Golden State, especially in playoff games, especially in moments that matter. Durant passes inside, back out to McCall. The rookie finds Durant, steps back for three, pumps it in! Kevin Durant again! And dare Fix your face to say he's riding the team's coattails. They didn't just give him finals MVP for shits and giggles. He literally won them the series last year. And at certain points in this series, he was either the best or second best player on the floor, depending on the game. I mentioned it when he first signed there. Kevin Durant didn't go there to essentially replace Harrison Barnes. He went there to effectively replaced Clay Thompson. Thompson then replaced Harrison Barnes, and they became this monster. And that's what this team is. Get over it. He made the right move for himself, and you would have done the same thing. He made the move before Oklahoma City made the move for him. Last segment I mentioned, of LeBron's three championships, the easiest one was the first. And it was against Oklahoma City in 2012. And that was a loaded Oklahoma City team. A loaded Oklahoma City team, which had home court, by the way. A loaded Oklahoma City team that had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, Tabo Cephalosha. That team was fucking loaded. They won the first game and then got blitzed the next four and finished off. And this was back when it was still 2-3-2 before they changed the rules to accommodate LeBron. But yeah, they got blitzed. And shortly thereafter, Oklahoma City went to work breaking that team up because they were either too cheap or too stupid to pay the rest of the players. Kevin Durant saw the writing on the wall. Kevin Durant saw that at some point they were going to end up having to make a choice between him and Russell Westbrook. And either way, it would not have been good for him. Because let's just assume he wanted to stick it out and tough it out and be loyal. And they ship out Russell Westbrook this year or last year. Then what? You want him just to sit there and stay I said it last year, and I'll say it again. I find it real humorous that a lot of you same loudmouth blog boys yap about owners treating their players like slaves and a plantation mentality and all that bullshit, yet you get mad when one of the slaves up and leaves the plantation of his own volition. I don't want to hear it. Kevin Durant made the right move, and he's shoving it up all of your asses sideways. And now he's out here essentially trolling you losers who seemed to have an issue with that. When he was asked after he won the finals MVP, does he feel some responsibility for ruining the league? And his quote was just great. Quote, my responsibility is to my skills. My responsibility is to myself. I'm not worried about the NBA. That's their job. They make too much money. They ain't paying me enough to dictate the NBA. I should be making more money if all that's on me. My responsibility is to whatever team I play for. All that other stuff, that's on you. Unbelievable. Golden State, since Kevin Durant joined that team, 
has won eight out of nine games in the NBA Finals. It took a 50-point first quarter in Game 4 last year to stop it from being 8-for-8. The Warriors have been the most dominant team in the league. Team, full team, since the late late 90s Bulls. Since the 96-98 through Bulls. But all they get is crap from you participation ribbon-winning blog boys who think that somehow a team being this dominant is ruining the league. That you'd rather have a bunch of mediocre teams battling it out than have the what the NBA always has been, a collection of about five to seven max great teams, about another three to four good ones, and then a whole lot of driftwood at the bottom. That's what the NBA always has been. Never mind that two franchises, the Los Angeles Lakers and Boston Celtics, own 33 of a possible 72 championships in league history, between the two of them alone. Or that the Warriors had to come back from 15 down and on the road in Game 7 in Houston. We forget that at one point, Houston had a 15-point lead in that game before they placed both hands around their throat. And they've had to go through LeBron James four straight years, beat him three times. Once without Durant, twice with him. But all you f***ing simpletons can talk about, he joined the 73 and 19. He took the easy way out. They were 73 and 9. They were 73 and 9. Hey, dumbass. They went 73 and 9 in the regular season. Had to come back from 3 1 down against one inferior team that featured Durant, then got to the finals and blew a 3 1 lead to another inferior team and lost the championship that they were defending. Yes, they won 73 games, but they didn't win the title. And when you don't win a championship, you're going to do everything you can to win. So the Warriors would have been irresponsible and flat out stupid if they didn't try to do the thing they could do, the best thing they could do, the one thing they could do, the only thing they could do to get the damn title back. And that's go get the best player. And they don't give a shit if it came from a team that they just beat three weeks earlier. And Kevin Durant would have been equally as dumb and moronic as a lot of you simpletons would have done, like that moron Miles Garrett who plays for the Cleveland Browns. For one, if you play for the Cleveland Browns and your career one-loss record is 0-16, stay out of grown folks' conversation. He, he took the easy way out. He rode their coattails to a championship. You don't know what a championship is. You played at Texas A&M where you didn't win anything, and you just went 0-16 with the Browns. Stay out of grown folks' conversation, Miles. I know you're trying to stick up for Cleveland, but stay out of it. Kevin Durant would have been a moron if he stayed in Oklahoma City. Or somehow, despite knowing that he had the best chance to win in Golden State, he chose to go someplace else because he wanted to, quote, earn it. Because he wanted to listen to some some idiot, some ass clown sitting in his living room punching out a blog or twiddling his thumbs on Twitter or on Instagram, punching out some rude-ass comment, saying some shit that they know they wouldn't say to his face. Kevin Durant has fooled all of you, and he beat all of you twice, and I respect the hell out of him for it. I respect the hell out of anybody who actually takes the initiative to do it themselves. I've said over and over again, I've said it for seven years, was it, eight years actually, since LeBron sat down in front of Jim Gray with that shit-eating grin in that Boys and Girls Club in 2010. I said it then. I didn't have a problem with him going to Miami. The only issue I had was how he did it, how he announced it. 
actually doing it, no problem. It's free agency. And all you clowns saying that the league's got to do something to stop this. They got to stop this. They can't let them join up together. They got to stop this. Do you know how stupid you sound? Do you know how insulting that is to the memory of guys like Kurt Flood? who fought his ass off for free agency, sacrificed his career a la Colin Kaepernick for free agency, for these guys to be able to make as much money as they can playing a sport they love and actually have some control over their lives and where they go. Huh? Yeah, a lot of things had to break right for the Warriors to get Kevin Durant. That it was that one year, that one year Durant becomes a free agent is that one year that spike in the, in the salary cap occurs that allows for the exemption, that allows for a dude like him to get in there. And even then, Draymond Green had to defer money to make sure that they could sign the dude. Took the easy way out. You know how difficult it is knowing that pretty much you're expected to win? Well, I know a lot of you guys aren't used to that sort of thing because you're used to getting rewarded for coming in third or fourth or fifth. But for actually winning the kind of pressure you're under, that you know more times than not you're going to get the best possible shot from an opponent, even if there's some bottom-feeding-ass team. You know how difficult it is to do what they did last year in the playoffs, to go 16-1? and Winning ain't easy, and that's why so many of you don't do it. This team won, and Kevin Durant was smart. He got out while the getting was good. He got out while his earning potential was there. He doesn't owe that team anything. None of you owe no, anybody anything. And for all you dumbasses saying, I'd have stayed loyal. I'd have stayed loyal and just toughed it out. I would have just toughed it out. I would have taken more pride in not winning but being loyal. You're a dumb shit if you think that. You're a sucker. You're the exact type of person that these CEOs look for, these companies look for. You're the type of people that vote for Donald Trump and think that this rich bastard gives a shit about you. Nobody cares about your damn loyalty. They'll get rid of you in a heartbeat. Answer me this question. Where did Patrick Ewing finish his career? With what team did Patrick Ewing play his final NBA game? Here's a hint. It wasn't the New York Knicks. Who did Hakeem Olajuwon spend his final season in the NBA with? Spoiler alert. It wasn't the Rockets. Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen, Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill. Where the hell did these guys spend the end of their careers? of their Hall of Fame careers. Michael Jordan, albeit that's a slightly different case. Where did they spend the end of their Hall of Fame careers? Not with their original teams. When they got old and washed and time passed them by, where did they go? Patrick Ewing was a member of the Orlando Magic. Patrick Ewing played for the Seattle Supersonics. Hakeem Olajuwon was a Toronto Raptor. Hmm. That's what he gets for being loyal. That man brought the only two championships that franchise has ever attained. And he finished his career a Toronto fucking Raptor. But you wanted Kevin Durant to stick it out. Be tough. Be tough. Take the tough way. Why? Of course you assholes will sit here and tell somebody to take the Christopher Columbus route. Never mind, I'm going the straight line. Oh, but they were 73 and 9. They just beat you. You're going to join a team to beat you? You're goddamn right I am. They're paying me more money than I'll ever see. And I have an opportunity to win because I'm here to win. I ain't here to play nice. This ain't college. This ain't Little League. Loyalty don't exist no more. This is a business. 
and they will ship your ass out. You hear me? Isaiah Thomas retired before they could get rid of him. Joe Dumars was lucky. He retired a piston. He retired a legend in Detroit. Bill Ambeer wasn't a piston to start. He started his career in Cleveland, but he finished as a piston. Kobe Bryant, while yes, he tried to get himself traded a few times, finished a Laker. How about Shaq? Shaq's last game in the league was with the Boston Celtics. The Celtics. You kidding me? Stay loyal. Stay loyal. Tough it out. He didn't earn it. I can't can't give Durant credit for these championships. He didn't earn it. Shut up. Some bitch was the MVP of the damn finals. He earned it in spades. His teammates love him. Ownership digs him. He's happy. He won. I have to even look over to another sport. Just a couple days ago, Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers blew out his bicep while swinging at a pitch. Season's over. Tiger fans, as fickle as they can be, are turning on Miguel Cabrera now. Miguel Cabrera, who at the height of his power, the height of his ability, a goddamn triple crown season in 2012, the first one since Carl Yastrzemski in 1967. He signed a mammoth deal, re-upped with the Tigers. And at his peak, they loved him in Detroit. And now they're turning on him because he's gotten older. The Tigers are no longer a World Series contender. They're just kind of lingering around 500. They haven't gotten to 500. The fact that they're even within earshot of 500 is a stunning accomplishment with that group of guys. But now you have people who despise Miguel Cabrera, despise the contract he signed, blame him for them not winning a championship as if he's the one who sent Jabba Chamberlain into a game to set the field on fire in Baltimore, as if he's the one who served up a grand slam in Fenway Park that had Torrey Hunter going ass over tea kettle into the bullpen, as if it's his fault that Pablo Sandoval and his fat ass hits three home runs in game one of a World Series, as if it's his fault that Prince Fielder belly flops into third base. But the Tiger fans are turning on him and trying to run him out of town on a rail because he's old or older and they think his best days are behind him and they want to ship him out for prospects and nobodies. Kevin Durant saw that writing on the wall. He saw that if he didn't get it done at some point, he may get shipped off to the Atlanta Hawks or Orlando Magic or New Jersey Nets. Excuse me, Brooklyn Nets. It really doesn't matter because that team is still trash that he would get shipped off to one of those teams late in his career and end up finishing out the string on the bench in Sacramento like Vince Carter. Come on, dog. Stop that. Stop that line of thinking. That lazy-ass line of thinking. You got a dude who covers the Chicago Bulls talking about he wants competitive balance and can't respect what Durant did. Dude, you cover a franchise that won six championships in the 1990s. I really don't want to hear from you. Kevin Durant and LeBron James and every other major free agent over the next decade are going to change the face of the league. That's free agency. And they don't owe you competitive balance. They don't owe you loyalty because you sure as hell aren't loyal to them. I used to live in that fantasy world. When okay, they just stay loyal and just stay with the team forever. You want to know how old I was? I was 10. I learned and I knew better. I got smarter as I got older. And I wasn't on that bullshit that you are. So salute to Kevin Durant for winning. 
Salute to Kevin Durant for choosing his own path and not giving a shit what any of you think. Because as he put it, his responsibility is to himself. You don't pay him enough to be out here trying to worry about your hurt feelings. As I saw on Twitter the night that he won, y'all really wanted to see him stay there in Oklahoma City and get heckled by some hillbilly rather than leave and go to Oakland. Are you out your damn mind? I ain't putting up with that if I don't have to, and neither would you. And that's the moral of the story. Do what's right for you. Chase success in what's right for you. If you feel like being loyal will make you successful, cool. But don't be a dumbass and block your potential blessing trying to be loyal to someone who will not be loyal to you. Because success will not be certain for you if that's how you look at life. My name is J. Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always there to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. A little housekeeping. Another milestone episode is coming next week. Episode 80. Ochenta is coming down the pike. And I have a really special interview as we're hitting the quote unquote dog days of the sports year in the summer. JSC Radio is not just simply a sports podcast. We're hitting some real issues. We're hitting some fun stuff, too, because at episode 81, we got ourselves another retro review talking about the 1998 King of the Ring. But episode 80 is going to be a big one. It's going to be an important one, and it's going to be one that hits close to home because we're going to talk about living while black. I'm going to share my story of driving while black that you might have seen on the uh, the piece from uh, Mike.com. And I'm also going to have a special interview coming up, and I'll lay out more about that if you follow me on the Twitter feed or on Instagram. Until next time, goodbye, everybody. Shot clock at five. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. That's the same spot where he hit it in game three last year. Check it out. You're listening to the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, Be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.